This podcast is produced by Visionary Studios. Hi, everyone. I'm Mitchell Rail. And I'm Wade Clausen. And welcome back to Let's Unpack That. So today we are joined by someone who was on the podcast a few months ago, and I'm so excited to have him back. Welcome, Noah Tayeb. Welcome back to Let's Unpack That. How are you doing? How's everything been going? Hi, I'm great. Thank you so much for having me again. This is my safe space now. I'm yes, just, yes. <laughs> it's just another therapy appointment for Noah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that we didn't get to talk about in your first episode was Semester at Sea, which is something that both me and Noah have done. I believe you did it in 2017. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, correct. Fall 2017. Okay, so you were fall 17. I was I was spring 2020. So Semester at Sea is something that I think, especially recently with social media, that a lot of people have heard about to some degree. Like they see it on TikTok or they see it in a YouTuber's vlog. But it really is like the ultimate study abroad program. For those of you that maybe aren't familiar with it, Semester at Sea is a study abroad program that takes place on a cruise ship and you take classes on the ship and then you go from anywhere from like 11 to 13 countries and you get to spend a handful of days in each one and do whatever you want in each country. It's really like the ultimate opportunity to see so many like can't miss locations around the globe. So it really is an incredible program. Obviously, it's expensive, but if it's something that you are able to do, I cannot recommend it enough. They do have saver cabins and like scholarships, which I took advantage of, but it really is a great, great time. But for you, Noah, how did you find out about Semester at Sea and what kind of made you want to do it? So I think I was finishing up my sophomore year. I went to school at UC Berkeley, so in the Bay Area, and my roommate and I really wanted to study abroad. We were both international students. She was from Ghana. Uh, and I'm from France, and we went to this study abroad fair in Berkeley to try and figure out what we could potentially do. She didn't want to go anywhere in Africa. I didn't really want to go anywhere in Europe. So we were thinking maybe somewhere in Asia or somewhere in South America. So we're really just browsing around this fair and we come across the semester at sea table. There's one student at the table who sees that we are looking a little curious about the program and starts telling us about her experience. She had done the semester right before. So she had just gone back from the ship and starts telling us about the countries, the ship life, just how different it is from any other semester abroad program. And I think my roommate and I both fell in love with the idea and we left that fair knowing that that was a program we wanted to apply to and that we were dreaming of doing at the time. It really is once you like get to learn about it, you're instantly like, I need to do this. Like for me, someone that I just followed from high school had done the program the spring prior and I was like, OMG, like this looks so cool. Like I love to travel. I love to do unique things. Getting to check off the Great Wall of China, the Taj Mahal, Halong Bay, like insane Cape Town like so many things on anyone's bucket list in one fell swoop within like four months while also being on a cruise ship who doesn't want to do that right so I used my college savings I like did everything that I could to make it happen got the saver cabin and honestly met so many incredible people like just before I even got on the ship like it really is such a cool community what would you say for you Noah as you were kind of prepping for a semester at sea what was your preparation process like obviously like a four-month trip with limited things is not something that everyone does every day. I mean, honestly, and, and the same way prepping for the, the trip or choosing to do semester at sea didn't feel as different for me as an international student as doing any other study abroad program. I was still like, I'm going to have to pay a lot of money for this either way because I'm an international student and our tuition is disgusting. 
I'm gonna have to pack my life in a suitcase for the semester just like I do every semester. So really like the idea was like, I'm just not gonna unpack my suitcase this time. I'm building it the same <laughs> way, bringing the same things around and I'm just planning to go in different countries which felt insane and just so unreal. But yeah, the prepping was really interesting. The roommate that I was supposed to go on the trip with, um, I think her visa didn't work out or there was something that just made that she couldn't go on the trip. And I had a moment like a few months before the semester started where I was like, like, should, do I, should, do I even still go? Is that like, do you mind if I still go? It seems like an incredible experience. And she was the best. She was like, you have to go. I knew we wanted to do it together, but don't let that stop you. And you'll tell me everything about it. Um, so kind of a bittersweet moment prepping for that trip right next to my roommate and getting ready to embark the ship and connecting with people on the Facebook group prior to leaving um, without her. But I still think it was the best decision. I'm super grateful that she had that mindset and, and pushed me to, to do it anyway. But semester at sea, do you get to pick where you go? Is it like multiple different ships or is it like one year we're going to yeah. this place? Yeah, so there's like one ship. For us, it was the MV World Odyssey. They like put out the itinerary for each voyage. So there's like a fall voyage and a spring voyage every year. Usually like it tends to be kind of the same route. It just depends on which way you go. In the past, it was you would start or end in America and then start or end in like Amsterdam. But now they only go in Europe. They don't go in America anymore. That was the last voyage that started in America. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. They always have a predetermined itinerary. It just depends on the voyage. Some of them have different themes. Some of them may be Europe focused. Some of them may be more Asian focused. It really just depends. Okay. Uh, what were your countries for your voyage, Noah? Yeah, so I did the fall voyage, so we start from Europe and ended in America. Um, so we started in Germany. We went around um, Europe all the way to Spain. We did Valencia and Barcelona. And then down the west coast of Africa, we did Ghana, down to South Africa. Then we were supposed to stop in Mauritius, but didn't end up stopping there. So straight up to India. Then we did Myanmar or Burma. Um, we did Vietnam up the coast of China, then we did Japan, Hawaii, and then all the way across the Pacific, and we ended in San Diego. Wow. And I think you had a similar trip just the other way around, right? Yeah, my my plan before COVID got in the way was I was going to start, <laughs> <laughs> is we started, we left from Mexico, Hawaii, then Japan, China, Vietnam, Malaysia, India, Mauritius, and then South Africa, Ghana, Morocco, another i'm missing things it was 11 countries i've honestly blanked on what they were because we didn't go to them <laughs> <laughs> and which one was your, uh, both of your favorite i think my all all around favorite country was probably south africa okay i sadly was only able to be there for one day just because of how my voyage uh, ended up and we can talk about that a little later on and i think my favorite overall was probably Vietnam or Japan. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about ship life before we get into the countries. So obviously you're spending a lot of time on the ship and at least for me, like a lot of that time on the ship was very disconnected from the outside world, very limited connection. So Noah, do you want to tell people a little bit about what your ship life experience was like and trying to communicate with people back home? So just to give a little bit of context, we're still doing school. So whenever we're on the ship in between countries is basically our weekdays. So that's when we have school. And then whenever we're at a port, we don't have school and that's like our weekend. So when we're on the ship, we're all in classes every day and you don't have internet. We have like an intranet 
network where you can communicate on like, I think it's like one or three websites. So you can send C-mail to each other on the ship and limited emails to people outside the ship. So the internet connection is really like, was the scariest part for us as college students coming up on an international travel. I honestly didn't mind it that much. I did most of my communication with my best friend at the time and my parents through email. And I think that just helped us disconnect a little bit from the outside world more and really focus on the connections we're building on the ship. I think that's one of the most unique things about Semester at Sea. You already said the, the word community. It's like, you're, you're so stuck together 24 hours in a limited space and you go through such life-changing events, whether that's positive or negative, in the course of four months that it really forces you to build those strong relationships that in like form in my experience I still have today and I still talk to and hang out with these people almost every week. So it really helps you build those strong relationships. Yeah, no, for sure. It's great to get to disconnect. I think that I didn't even realize how much I wanted that ability to disconnect until I was on the ship because even if you wanted to, at least for my voyage, we got like maybe 10 minutes total of Wi-Fi a day and you're using that to get on WhatsApp and refresh it and then maybe you get two messages in, but like then it's just done. Like you're not talking to people. So you really are forced to talk people in, on the ship and make those connections because everyone is so nice and so incredibly so many great people to like just meet and connect with and almost like network with one thing about ship culture that i just honestly just came back to me is like ship families did you guys have that for your voyage yeah 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 there were four ship families right or is there is there more there was some ship families but for me we did this thing where it was like there was like a lifelong- Oh wait, no, 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 I remember, sorry. I'm, I'm mixing up um, the ship seas and the, and oh, the ship families. Yes, okay. I had a ship family. Yeah, so- Yes, I remember that. Yeah, so they have like a lifelong <laughs> learner and like who, what lifelong learners are is they're people that are maybe in their 40s, 50s, 60s, maybe even older, and they just want to go on the ship and they'll take some classes maybe and really just travel the world with us. But then some of these lifelong learners will like volunteer to be like a ship parent to you. And so they'll put together like a little family where them, maybe like five other kids that are on the ship. And then you get to like get dinner together. My ship mom, I don't remember what her name was, but she is an actress on the show Marvelous Miss Maisel on Amazon Prime. Really? And um, so like she, <laughs> no way. yeah. So she had all these screeners for movies. So we would have movie nights in her room. She had the exclusive. Yeah. It was just cool. And to like hear about her career and stuff was really fun. But like those are the type of people that are on the ship. It's these people that have like such incredible life experiences such like accomplished mm. careers and they're just like casually here and it's like what is this like especially for someone coming from the midwest it's like what is this world like what <laughs> what am i walking into do you have any memories with your ship family yes i think my ship family was interesting because we had two lifelong learners and their daughter that was in the ship family so it really felt like we were joining their family it was only like two or three students with them and we would grab dinner like every other week uh, we would prep for every port or every country together. And they had been on Semester at Sea before. Like, their daughter had been going almost every year on Semester at Sea and just does high school remotely. The idea of the ship family really helps bring that sense of security and safety onto an environment that can feel really new. Um, and they really made that so much easier. 
don't know about you, Noah, but we had wine nights on the top of the ship. We could only get two glasses of wine. And we were going through some serious trauma. Maybe I'll like get into that. Two after glasses? This, this. Two glasses. Only? Two glasses. People would be like selling their like drink tickets. It was a whole thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> There's this whole economy going on on the sea. Well, I don't know. You just you, sometimes you just have going through so much emotional trauma. You're like, I need to get, I need to drink like five so glasses I, of wine right now. Is alcohol limited on t- on well, the ship? People would sneak alcohol onto the ship. Okay. Um, and there was like a drunk tank on the ship where if you were drunk, you'd have to like go to the lower floor and like it's like a jail cell, but it's like a room, but you'd have to just go in there. <laughs> or you could be kicked off the ship. Wait, did you ever have to go? No, I'm not that crazy, Noah. Were you in the drunk tank? <laughs> No, no, I wasn't. They're like very stern though about doing drugs. And so if people came back from port doing drugs, they would literally drug test them. And then if if they were positive, they would be sent home. Wow. Full transparency. You're paying up $30,000 plus for this. If you're going to go home over... Uh, a little bit of marijuana. It's always like a whole storyline of who's getting kicked off next, and like it was such that drama. That sounds like a show. <laughs> it was it was such drama. Like oh, or if like someone was about to be kicked off, giving their farewells to all of their sea bays, the people that you like fall in love with on the ship. And it is dramatic. Uh huh. It is dramatic. Someone leaving, someone like coming back, like. Everything is so dramatic. You said the word TV show. That's exactly that. It feels like a TV, like a reality TV show. Yeah. And someone gets kicked off and someone comes back and everyone is talking about it. It's like so dramatic. No one else has anything else to do or talk about. So it's like the ship gossip is like the hottest tea. Let's pivot to to classes. So Noah, what are your thoughts on kind of your courses on semester at sea i enjoyed the classes i took i don't know if i learned anything life-changing or that really helped me in my academic career i thought it was really interesting that every class we took had a component that was attached to the countries we were about to visit so for example i took visual arts so before every country we would study this specific country's visual arts, like architecture or paintings, etc. So then when we would get in the country, we'd be able to kind of see it with our own eyes. So I feel like that was my favorite part about classes is just being apply, being able to apply whatever we learned about in a classroom in, in person. But other than that, I, I don't know. The curriculum wasn't what I obviously went on the ship for. I took, I think, a finance class. I took arts. I took oceanography because we were on the ocean most of the time. So I was learning about the fish that we were seeing and like the waves, the tides, etc. But yeah, probably not my favorite part, but not the one I hated the most. I mean, I personally didn't mind my oceanography class just because I had an amazing professor. And two, when I got back home, I got it to count as a lab because I was doing it on the ocean. So like, I never had to do like some chemistry oh or like biology God. lab in college. <laughs> I just took oceanography in a movie theater on the ocean and I counted it as like a chemistry lab because it was on the ocean. Well, hey. some of us had to take chemistry and biology. Otherwise, I also took a marketing class. I took an international media class, and global studies. I took 12 credits. Most people take 12 credits on the ship. And everyone on the ship takes global studies. Mm -hmm. For all in general, I do think that a lot of people, at least on my voyage, kind of the the mentality was like, these classes shouldn't be too hard because I'm here to go and like, we're all here to go and travel. So like, just give me like something easy. I think everyone like didn't want to put a ton of effort into the classes. It's kind of what I felt the overall sentiment was. And so like, if a teacher was like really trying to like act like we were at like 
Yale or something. I'm like, no, girl, we're here on a cruise ship. We're here to just go around the world. <laughs> um, and so global studies, I, I think... I think you said as well, Noah, that you had to take this on your voyage, um, but everyone takes yeah, it. Yeah, And for me, for my voyage, we had three professors and one of them taught oceanography. One of them taught like capitalism or like consumerism. And then another one was something else. I don't remember. But these three topics, they would like randomly do them. Like it'd be like one day's oceanography, one day's consumerism, one day's something else, one day's like there was no like cohesiveness, yeah. and we had it every day. It was the only class that you had every day, and so it's like honestly the hardest class I've ever taken in my life. And these exams, I've never <laughs> studied har- harder ever. There's no way to like learn it because it's like it's something. There's like no connective tissue, and it's like just so random. I feel like the, it, it's always the ones that are the look the most simple yeah. that you study the hardest for. Because I had yeah. this one film class that I studied my ass off for, and it it was like <laughs> simple things, but the tests were not. So I I, I kind of get that. Like yeah. everyone was so stressed, and they would like yell at us. Like we we had we had one final, and we all failed it. I think everyone on the ship literally failed it because no one knew what was going on in this class and so they were like if you guys don't do better on the next one we're gonna fail you all so what happens and when you fail I, you just get an f and then like oh that's just you don't bad. get kicked off no it's just bad no one wants an f i think i ended up on with a b plus in the class and i was like oh my god i'm so proud <laughs> um i guess i'll like kind of tell a little bit about like the covid impact on my voyage i mean because before you go on semester at sea you plan 12 different vacations because you're going into all of these countries and you have all of your stuff booked you have all these cool experiences booked and so for my voyage we leave from san diego go to hawaii for one day then another week on the ship to japan as we're arriving to japan people on the outside like parents and stuff were starting to be like there's this like weird sickness in china which was our next country after japan like maybe like you don't want to go and we were like, but we have, like, I, I wanted to go play with the pandas. You know, I had, like, a, I was going to go to the panda conservatory. Like, it's so fun. Aww. And uh, we get off the ship and we get an email the day that we're in, in, in country. And they're like, we're not going to China anymore. We have, like, new intel from the country that we're, we shouldn't go. And so we were going to divert and go to Vietnam instead. And so we got back on the ship and everyone's, like, kind of sad, but, like, hey, trying to be positive. I always try to be positive in these situations. Like, you know, it's okay. Like, we'll, we still have all these other countries. And so we end up going to Vietnam. But the thing is, is that since we're going, not going to China anymore, Vietnam's length got doubled. So we have five extra days in Vietnam. And so all 600 people on the ship have to plan five days of a vacation off of the four computers that have internet. Just imagine lines of people like trying to book stuff. It all worked out. We got there. It was fine. And like, it was a beautiful time. But by the end of Vietnam, COVID was continuing to spread. Take note, there was only 13 cases of COVID in Vietnam when we got there. It's early February, 2020. And we're getting ready to leave. It's like our last days in country. And we start hearing rumors that they're going to cancel Malaysia and India, which Arguably, at least for a lot of people on my voyage, going to India was like a huge part of why people pick semester at sea because when mm-hmm. else are you going to go to India? Like mm-hmm. people, you just don't go. Like you're not going to be like, oh, I'm going to go to India tomorrow. Like just a casual trip. When that got actually got canceled, I've never seen like so much like emotional drain from so many people. But I think it really did like bring us really close together. They skipped those because they wanted to like avoid COVID as it was spreading through Asia. That was their thought process. And so we sailed across, I think, the Indian Ocean in a straight line to go to Seychelles, which is like an island off the coast of Africa. And we like are about to arrive and they tell us, you can't come in. We suspect you have COVID, so you can't come in. 
Then finally, we get into Mauritius. They said they'd allow us in for one day. Take note, Mauritius hadn't let Semester at Sea come in for more than one day for like three years because a while ago, Semester at Sea people got super drunk and burned down a hotel in Mauritius. What? What? <laughs> and so they did it like... Insane. <laughs> and so I wouldn't insane. even let them into the country at that point. Yeah, so like we had to like beg and plead for them to let us in. So we go for one day and we're all fine. So like, okay, you guys can go back out for two days and then come back in. So we have like one day in country and then we leave and then come back in for like three more days. So we get back on the ship and by the time we're like headed to Cape Town, there's rumors that the voyage is going to end. They're like, okay, there's supposedly it's ending. So we get closer to Cape Town and then... President Donald Trump <laughs> announces that like it's going to be a pandemic. He holds like some sort of press conference or something that it's like a pandemic now. And then that's when they decided to cancel the voyage. So we had like three days notice that it was ending. We all like have our emotional like processing of that. We have one. I had one day in, in Cape Town and then I flew home 15 hours. Wow. Did they refund you for that? No, zero refund. That is insane. Yeah, they, they refunded us for like the field program that we that we had like planned through them. So like $2,000 for me. But otherwise, like none of the tuition and stuff was refunded because they technically completed the academic program. Like we did online classes. Yeah, at least you got your credit. Yeah. There's just so many moments like as this was all going crazy because their like leadership was not very clear with their communication with us. So it was just a lot of guessing. But I think I met so many incredible people and I'm so thankful for like all of my semester at sea friends that I've made. They're all so nice. I'm going to see them like next weekend. So I'm excited to to see them and it's it's like a very special group of people because when you go through such like emotional trauma, mm-hmm. trauma bonding, yeah, trauma bonding. <laughs> <laughs> like those are people that I know I can always like count on. Was there any bumps in the road for your voyage, or was it smooth sailing? We had pretty smooth sailing. Honestly, we had like the usual storms that can be a little freaky when it's your first time living on a ship. Access to countries that were not allowed. We had Mauritius where we passed by and they were like, nope. I know you had plans to come here, but you're not doing it. We had rumors that it was because behavior of past voyagers, like burning down a hotel, uh, but no one really confirmed. The burning down the hotel is accurate. That's insane. That's insane. And also, it, it honestly really speaks to the entitlement, and we can talk about that a little more, but the entitlement of the people on the ship who really don't treat it as like traveling abroad and just treat it as their little rich boy or girl vacation mm-hmm. and like the burning down of the hotel we had like i think i remember we were in ghana and i mean ghana isn't the most touristy place you go to meet the people have the amazing food and like learn about the country and its history especially with slavery so it's a pretty heavy destination emotionally and historically which we were so happy to go to. We learned a lot in our classes before. We got to visit like safe castles and hear about people's experience. And then like there's a part of the student group who decides to go to a hotel instead and get drunk for two days straight in the middle of the day. And then we hear back about it when we get back on the ship and like the hotel people called the ship. Guests who were staying at the hotel called the ship. And like it just like shows the mentality of some people and it kind of ruins the trip for everyone. So the Mauritius thing is like not one incident. It happened, I'm sure, in every voyage and different destinations. No, there's a lot of entitlement and a lot of like privilege coming from the Midwest and growing up in a small town and like a middle class family. I feel like I was entering like a whole new world. Like I was very grateful to have some great friends that I met prior to the voyage who were like humble and normal and 
for my voyage, there was Saver Cabins, which was on like the third floor, Who, which for Noah's voyage was crew cabins. But for mine, they like renovated them to be for students, but they were still very bare bones, mm-hmm. but like way cheaper than like the regular yeah. rooms. So everyone that was down there was like a Midwest kid. To give you a little bit of a taste of like the craziness that happens on the ship, there was this one night, there's like balconies on the inside of the ship and people were like throwing like hundred dollar bills down the, like just Tons of them just falling from the sky. And we were all on the third floor. We're like, what is going on? Yeah, like, I would be, <laughs> I'd be like, give me that. Yeah, Thank you. <laughs> this is going to pay for this semester at sea. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just crazy. Like there'd be people that, people that have trust funds, people that are like, oh, I'm going to spend a casual $20,000 for my birthday trip. Who wants to come? It's a contest at that point. Yeah. And it's just, people don't ha- a lot of the people I think were missing like a sense of reality like they're in like this bubble but yeah it's definitely like very interesting to get to like interact with a completely different social class Mm -hmm. that I think a lot of times like you wouldn't interact with otherwise on the flip side it's also really refreshing to meet those people who are super grateful to be in this experience and really treat it as a privilege and want to share and learn and and like build community so there was also the flip side of it that was super positive and these are the people that you build long life like yes. lifelong friendships with. Is there anything, Noah, for you that really like sticks out when it comes to like some of your in-country experiences? Nothing comes up right now. I think one for me, I had never had a fake ID. Like I just never did that in college. And so going to Japan and going to clubs, this is like my first time ever clubbing. Like I'd never done that. And I, I've always been the type of person that I just like to like dance and have fun with my mm-hmm. friends rather than like just getting drunk and like doing yeah. keg stands. Like that's just Sloppy. Not, that's just not my thing. Uh-huh. So I went out in Japan, went to these clubs, like there was like these certain nights where everyone wears wigs, like this whole thing. And the cool thing about going to a country with 600 people is like everyone who's at the club is people from semester at sea. Like, I think it's so rare that you go to like a big club environment and like 90% of the people there, you know. Yeah. Like I thought that was so cool. That is cool. It's like a sense of the community too as well. And you're just like having fun, like you're all dancing in a whole, like I just love Japan. That's really like where I formed a lot of my really close friendships that still last to this day. So it's just like hold a special place in my heart. But if you guys haven't been to Japan, I highly recommend. Oh, I really want to go. Have you been to Japan? You've been to Japan. What were your thoughts of of the country? Yeah, yeah. I I love Japan so much. We, I think the ship docked in Kobe and then we, like our small group um, traveled around to Kyoto and Tokyo. Um, I love Japan, the food, the people, the culture. The landscapes, like everything is so incredible. It's definitely one of the places that I want to go back to. Um, I think I had one of the scariest like nights out experiences in Japan because I was out in Tokyo, which is I think two or three hours away from where the ship was docked. And two girls from the ship, exactly the same experience as you. Like you go out and you're two or three hours from the ship. So you also are in a random city with random people that you've never met in a language that you don't speak. So seeing familiar faces from the ship is really like just mind boggling and also super reassuring. But that one night we were out in the clubs in Tokyo, these two girls got really, really drunk to the point where they were like falling over on the street, like hitting their heads on the curb. And I was like tipsy and my savior complex just kicked in and I was like, I'm going to take them back to the ship. So (laughs) I took these two girls alone. Did you get on the bullet train? Yeah, I took a train at like, I don't know what time in the morning and with these two drunk girls and got on the ship 
and basically handing them into the medical like department to like our, our doctors. And then they didn't let me in because my passport was at my Airbnb in Tokyo. So they didn't let me on the ship and my phone died and I had to figure out my way back to the Airbnb. And it was just like the most stupid night in the world where I thought I was going to be lost forever and I don't speak the language and I'm trying to get a taxi. And it was just, it was horrible, but now I have a good story to tell. No, that's, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, no, that's that crazy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I loved the bullet trains. I love public transportation. Like, I just love it. Uh-huh. And it's so clean and organized in Japan. I would say it's also definitely a part of Japanese culture, mm-hmm. like being orderly and clean and respectful. And that's also what I loved most about Japanese people is yeah. they just like care about each other so much. I felt like the cities were so quiet too. Like it was so peaceful. Even like in the middle of like a bustling downtown Tokyo, it felt so quiet and calm. It honestly is like a once in a lifetime experience and I can't encourage people enough. If you are able to do semester at sea or able to like get a scholarship or something, like do it. Like mm-hmm. it's so fun. A hundred percent, yeah. It's such an investment financially and I had to move things around in my major to be able to do it and still graduate on time. But it's honestly so worth it. I always say I studied abroad already. Like I went to school in the US, but semester at sea is still the most incredible semester I've had and the one I learned the most and that I will never regret doing. Do it, do it. If you can do it, make it happen. Noah, thank you so much for coming back yeah, today you. to do this. Uh, do you want to give everyone your socials so they can follow you? Sure, yeah. And thank you so much for having me again. My socials are just Noah Tayeb first and last name uh, on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Amazing. Well, thank you again, Noah. If you ever want to come back and unpack something else, have a have a deeper therapy mm-hmm. session like we did last time. Part We're three. here for it. I have so um, much to unpack. But, uh, you guys can follow us <laughs> on Instagram at UnpackTHT and on TikTok at Uunpack.Pod. Thank you guys so much for listening and being here today. We'll see you guys next Thursday. Bye, Bye. everyone.